you're listening to a Mash Those Buttons limited series. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. On this episode, we save miners trapped in a cave, help the Order of Twilight, and meet a Karja guard who is having the worst shift ever. Welcome to episode 39 of Lightkeeper Protocol. Lightkeeper Protocol, a podcast about our journey through Horizon Zero Dawn and Horizon Forbidden West. I am Jared, but you can call me Ja, and I am here with Christina, also known as Pop-Tart. Hello. Yes, and I'd like to welcome any new listeners as well as any returning listeners. Thank you guys very much for taking up the time to check out Lightkeeper Protocol. And uh, we'd love to hear what you have to say about the show and about the game. So please feel free to join us on our Discord at mash.gg slash discord so on the on the last episode we finally made it to the embassy the embassy started and as expected it went poorly it was attacked by regala who that's also this how we also found out that the regala edition was named after a person (laughs) but uh she called what she did a success because she was able to successfully wipe out uh, the marshals, the Tanakh marshals, as well as uh, strike a blow to the Karja, and uh, yeah, that's oh yeah. Also, by the way, uh, Avat's cousin died. The, the the most throwaway character of the game so far. The yeah, <laughs> the the most like informational and important seeming character for five minutes, and then they're like, nope, bye. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that is where we are with the main story. But before we continue with the main story, we're, it's time for us to clean up the side stories and side quests and errands and the daunt. So that's what we're actually going to do in this episode. We start in this episode and then the next episode, I'm pretty sure that it's going to be the same thing. Uh, but let's start with the very first side quest that I did. And it's the, I mean... I, I don't know if you did this too, but I mean, as soon as I dropped down into the daunt, I saw that this side quest was available and I immediately went to it. I think I know what you're talking about. And I didn't pick this up until I was in chain scrape. Oh, okay. So there is a side quest called deep trouble. And like literally like when you come down into the daunt, if you look at the map, it shows up as a side quest on the other side of the mountain that you're on. So you just climb up the mountain and climb down and that's it. It even has like one of those rappel points so you can get down quickly. But Aloy, she comes across a mine with smoke coming out of it. And that's not how mines work. They're not chimneys. And outside is a foreman. He's helping one of his men. His name is Corvin. And he's been trying to get his men out of the mine, but he's hurt. So he wants Aloy's help to get the others out. He says there's two more. Oh, I was just going to say, like, so for me, the intro was different because I accepted it in Chain Scrape. And you actually get it from an Osiram called Arnuf, uh, who's injured. And you ask what happens to him. And he actually tells you the information, how he was working at the mine and it caved in and, you know, talking crap about Alvin and, you know, all that stuff. So then when you get there, you find the person he was talking about and Aloy's like, hey, he sent me. And then it kind of picks up where you are. 
Ah, uh, okay, yeah, no. I just went directly there, and then Aloy was like, what's going on here? You know, <laughs> uh, you know how she does. So, uh, but Corvin says they were using controlled blast to open up new veins in the mountain, and one must have gone wrong. So, Aloy, she heads inside the mine, and a good portion of it is flooded, so you have to do, like, a bunch of swimming through some tunnels, and uh, eventually she'll come across two miners, and one of them says, I think I'm starting to see things. Is that a Nora? Like, <laughs> you know, because... Everybody knows the Nora don't leave the sacred land, so what is a Nora doing out here? So one says something, the other one is hurt. Uh, I can't, I don't know which one said it, but the names are like Thordan and Lorif, I believe. Lokuf? 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 Okay, I'll take that. That's fine. Like Loki (laughs) or something? I don't know, but Lokuf. I I can't remember. I can't remember (laughs) what his name was, but um, Thordan uh, says they were blasting in the farthest tunnel, the scaffolding collapsed. And he thinks that it blocked the drainage shaft. So that explains why, you know, there's all this flooding inside the tunnels. So Aloy has an idea. It involves more explosives. Spoiler alert, she wants to blow away the blockage. Right. Uh, so uh, Thornton, he gives refuses. And it is Lokuf. I just found his name in my notes. So <laughs> it is Lokuf. Uh, he thinks they're both crazy. But Thornton says she can't make matters worse. And I'm like, I disagree. Like, the mine is still standing right now. What if she blows something up and the entire thing comes down? Right. Also, my favorite part about this is when Aloy tells them not to go anywhere. Like, where Exactly. Where where are are you going to go? (laughs) Like, she she says, hey, don't go anywhere. And they don't say anything. I I wonder if they just looked at her like, is that a joke? (laughs) Like, is that that a joke right now? Of course we're not going to go anywhere. (laughs) If there was anywhere to go... (laughs) Exactly. If there's anywhere to go, they would have went. Right. You know, so a little farther in, Aloy, you know, she does some more swimming and she can see the debris dro- uh, blocking the shaft, but she needs to get to the top of the scaffolding where they're more explosive on the track. And then, you know, you do a little, uh, a little uh, traversing and you get to the next area where burrowers are present. And I'm just like, well, where did they come from? Because this this mine was active until very recently, right? <laughs> like, this mine was active. It was actively being used. It's not like they would have had machines in there in the first place, you know? Right. And, and how far can they burrow? Because I don't think it would be that far in that deep underground. Right. Yeah. So, it's like, why are they there? I mean, we know why they're there. So, we have game to play. But, right. like, you know, from a story perspective. <laughs> Uh, it just doesn't really make much sense for the burrowers to be there. Uh, but you can get past them unnoticed if you use, uh, if you stay underwater. And then when you have to get onto the dry land, you can use those stealth mushrooms. I think they're called something, but they're not called stealth mushrooms. But that's what they do. They they make, like, spores, and then you can use the spores to hide. I use them, like, one time, and then, like, never again. Because I keep forgetting they exist until after I did something. Same thing. It's yeah. always like, I look back, I was like, oh, I could have used that. I exactly. didn't have to just, yeah. Because I'll kill something and then use my focus and be like, okay, now what's around here? And I'm like, ah, crap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have the stealth mushrooms. So, yeah, it's the same thing. I, I used it once because I think they tell you, at some point, they tell you to use them. I think it's like, there. Like, it really there they tell you to use it? Like, I can't remember where. Or maybe it's just uh, the first time that you come in contact. Because I'm pretty sure it told possibly. me there that it's you could use it. Because I used it. Uh, <laughs> gotcha. You hear I, I didn't use it. I almost made it past them unnoticed. And then I slipped off the top ledge. And then one saw me and it alerted. Because 
at the time I was still playing hard, and as soon as almost as soon as you get seen, like especially in the beginning, because you don't have anything to bring the stealth level down right. or up or stuff like that, they just yell. So I ended up fighting uh the three of them that were there. So I got stuck on this part for so long because when you go up to the place that you're supposed to jump across, there's one up there that I stealth killed. And my big brain didn't realize that I have to now jump over the burrower to jump to the other side. And I was just uh, lost. Really? <laughs> now, nah, yeah, once I killed all three, because I, I, I can clearly see where they wanted you to go. Like, I killed him, but he wasn't blocking the way or anything like that. Yeah, he was so. standing right in the way. And I was standing there for a minute. He just stands right there. Oh, God. Yeah, that is true. He doesn't really move much. So. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, once you, you know, you can follow the tracks and they're not necessarily the tracks you're looking for, but they do get you higher up so you can finally get to the tracks that has the, have the explosives you're looking for. And then, you know, she gets there, she sets the fuses, she sends them off the edge and then boom, the debris is gone, which allows the tunnel to drain. But now at the bottom, there are more burrowers and some scroungers that appear as well. I did wonder about the scroungers because the burrowers, at least they can burrow they can swim they can burrow and swim and swim they, yeah yeah so yeah i mean technically speaking none of these animals have to breathe well, machines have to breathe right so it doesn't make a difference but uh the burrowers we know are uh, can can be used well can maneuver can underwater yeah. with no problem yeah. you know uh but yeah so this part this fight was harder than it needed to be than it should have been for me one i was light on resources uh, two, I was also still getting used to playing with the controller. Three, it was a level five quest. I was level three <laughs> at this point. I had just came down to the dawn. And then on top of it, the area is like not that big. Right. So if you allow the fight to get out of control, you can easily get overwhelmed. Yeah. So this area, because I did go to Chain Scrape first and I had a bunch of stuff. This is like one of the first quests that I did. Probably the first side quest that I did. But I had equipment. So it was before I learned that Frost wasn't the greatest, but I was using Frost the whole time, which helped a lot because of just brittle. So it was it was easy for me because I was equipped and not playing on hard. Yeah, I mean, Frost may not be the greatest element, but it's never the worst. Right, for sure. Like right. It's always helpful. Frost is still always helpful. I can't really think of a situation where Frost is not helpful in, in, you know, at all. So, you know, after, you know, you're finished with those enemies or those machines, Aloy is able to make it back to Thornton and, uh, what, what did I say this guy's name was? Lokuf. Lokuf. That's it. Did I have his name written wrong here in the Low second Cuff? part of my, I have it, Lorif. Lokuf so, sounds right, actually. Yeah. Lokuf, Lokuf. <laughs> Not Lorif, regardless. No. Either way. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he thought that you were dead until you showed up. And Thornton says he can get, you know, both of them back to safety and Aloy heads out to the mine and, you know, Aloy reports back to Corvin. Did you catch, did you catch what they were saying to each other as you were leaving? No. Okay. So they're getting each other out of the mine and Thornton was like, got to get your big hammered backside out of here now. And Lokuf was like, I'm very happy with the size of my backside. Thank you very much. Oh yeah, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I figured I'd share that because that was great. <laughs> no, I didn't. I did not hear that. Oh man. Uh, so Corvin, he's thankful for your help, and he mentions that he knew they were blasting too much, but Olvin kept pushing him to go further, and he says he should have been like stronger and kind of pushed against Olvin. 
And it was like, well, you were there when your crew needed you. And he's like, he doesn't care what Alvin says. He's not sending anyone back into that mine. I think a good thing to note, too, when you're talking to Arnuf, if you do that in the beginning, it kind of explains why the crew was doing it. And it was because they really, really trusted their, uh, what was his name? Corvind. Corvind. They really trusted him. Like, he was a good, basically, you know, when you're in a crappy job and you're like, I hate this job, but I love my boss and I would do anything for them. It was like that situation. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's something I definitely missed because I just went straight for the side quest. So yeah, at least one of us didn't do that. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, that uh, that that ends that side quest, uh, deep trouble, which you know deepens the lore of Alvind or the hate of Alvind. That they're really trying to get you to dislike this guy yep. for good reason. Uh, so yeah, after that quest, um. I think the next one by level is a dash of courage, which is, 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 is an errand. You know, this isn't really, this is like an errand in what I would call it like full definition of an errand. Yes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's what it feels like. So uh, this errand starts in the tavern at Chainscrape. You come across Mildef, who is the cook in the tavern, and he is him uh, being complimented by another Osram on his stew uh, that Osram was saying that it kept him he took it into the wilds and it kept him like going for a week so I could have put a strider into a sleeper hold he was also pretty drunk when he said this stuff <laughs> just to just to, just to put that out there but um so uh Mildef, he does have a problem though he keeps getting harassed by Alvin's men for a discount on his food and actually when Aloy approaches the first time he thinks Aloy is one of Alvin's people, and he's like, well, you can get the discount, but you got to come back later. And, you know, she kind of explains that she's not with Alvin. Uh, but, you know, he seems to be in a rush or under pressure or both. And he's like, well, can you just skip to what you want? And Aloy's like, I just want some of your food. And you can see he feels a little bit bad about the way he's been talking. Well, okay, to be fair, Aloy just walked behind the counter or whatever right next to him and picks up like an onion. Like, why are you touching his food that he's preparing? That is very true. I, I, I didn't even notice that part. That was a good point. She just but. pices it up. I'm like, bro, he's cooking food. Leave him alone. Yeah, exactly. That 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 is one hundred percent true. She just starts like, oh, what's this? Is this a Nora custom that they do? Just go into somebody's house and start picking and up just start food? picking up their food as they're cooking it. There are a bunch of voice lines throughout the game when you do stuff. Like they do this a lot where you come from, like you know, <laughs> stuff like that. Like there's one later in the game. This is like in Tanakh territory, like in the northern areas. Like there's a in one of the shops, there is a like a, a panel you can pull off, and you pull the panel off, and the dude's like, "Uh, okay," like, <laughs> like he doesn't just stand there and say nothing. Uh, you know, yeah, so, and then yeah. he's like, "I guess I can use that for storage later." <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. So you start talking about the situation and, you know, you kind of get into the, the, the core of his issue here is that he has worn out his special griddle because Alvin's people keep coming to him, asking for his best food, but his griddle wasn't made to cook in bulk. Or so he says, you work in a tavern. Like, what do you mean your griddle's not made to cook in bulk? right yeah that was a little weird well i guess like he usually makes an order at a time like when they come yeah. in he makes the food he usually doesn't make like 
three, four, five of the same meal at the same time. I, I guess, <laughs> but, but you're, you're still working at a tavern, like you know right. what I'm saying. Like yeah. you're not cooking one meal at a time while working there, you know. I don't know, man. I don't know how kitchens work. I don't know how Milduff does his job. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, either way, his special griddle is 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 worn out. I didn't even know you could wear out a griddle. To be perfectly honest with you, that's news to me as well. You know what? He was just ordering that much food. <laughs> I didn't know that a grill could be worn out, but. Uh, Aloy, you know, she wants some food and he's like, well, I can't make any of my signature dishes without the griddle. Uh, but if you can help me, you know, maybe I can help you. And so he tells her what he needs for ingredients, which is wild meat and bitter leaf stems. And then if Aloy can get him a metal panel from a scrounger pile, uh, then he should be able to make his signature dishes, you know. And Aloy, so she agrees to do that. And as she leaves, she tells him not to. Let anyone push him around, which that's actually going to come back around in a little bit. So, uh, but um, you can get the ingredients from anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, I actually, I think I had all the ingredients before I even went to get the metal plate because he suggests that you just get the ingredients on the way to the metal plate. But there's bores all over the daunt and bitter leaf isn't difficult to find. Yeah, I kind of. So when I got to Chain Scrape, I was accepting every quest as I saw them. So when I was running around and doing other quests, that's when I was just like collecting the stuff. Right. Yeah. Like I think I got all the ingredients before I saw Aaron for the first time. Mm. Because, yeah, like I said, boars are all over the place. Better leaves all over the place. Then I, you actually have to go back to get the, the metal plate that he needs. And then, you know, once you have that, you can actually go back and see. Because the metal plate's in a very specific scrap pile. So you got to go to a specific area, kill the machines there, get the metal out of the scrap pile. Because most of these are scroungers and burrowers for, like, every single one of these side quests in the dawn, I silent struck everything. Like, (laughs) my poor spear was probably so worn out. Like, I wasn't just silent striking everything to get that one hit kill. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I thinking like, I don't know if I could one hit kill scroungers on that difficulty. I can't remember if I could. I think I could. I could. I kept killing them and then the other ones would be alert and then walk over to me and then I would kill them. So you just farm them basically. Yeah. Ah, gotcha. So, uh, once Aloy has everything, she returns to Melbourne. Ah, there you are. I happen to receive another visit from Olvin himself. He was pushy, but I stood my ground. And dare I say it, I even got my own back. Yes, I did. I'm listening. When I made his meal, I used three pinches of salt. Instead of two. Uh, Each journey begins with a single step, I guess. I think I have everything you asked for. Then just as you have inspired me, let us see if I can return the favor. Time to cook. So according to Mildef, he he stood up for himself against Olvind, and he by that he means he put three pinches of salt into the meal instead of two. Wow. <laughs> that, that's it. So, wow, he's uh, really looking out for himself there. Yeah, and the thing is, I had to put the audio clip in there because there was no way I could relay that properly the way <laughs> he did. There's just no way like how how satisfied he was with himself for doing that. <laughs> It's going to give someone a heart attack if he's not careful. Oh, yeah. Got to be careful. (laughs) 
so yeah, he he cooks up the meal for Aloy, and she really enjoys it. And he tells her the next meal that she wants is free. So like, if you never talk to him again, you have a free meal sitting there waiting for you. So just go there, get the most expensive one, and you have a free meal. Yeah, I uh, I got the free mo- meal right away, and then I never ate food again in the game. Yeah, so um, well, you already just from eating the meal that you have to eat, uh, you already have a boost. Like you know, that that meal itself gives you a boost. Like you get to see the results of eating like you know cooked meals, which I don't know. I I know I didn't use it. I don't know anybody who really actually used that. Uh, so whatever dev was working on that for who knows how long i am sorry like <laughs> i, I think with everything they added into the game my brain could only retain so much that that was like one of the things that was far enough out of the way that i was like i don't i'm not i can't yeah it's just like i never even when i was having trouble you know maybe with like a machine or with health or something like that. I, I never thought to eat I a meal. I think about it. I would I, just let me, let, me, let me pop this potion. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> let me pop this potion. Like, and, and, and that's it. Like, I never thought to eat a meal before a fight. <laughs> you know, I never thought to eat a meal or anything like that before I actually did something. So, unfortunate for whoever had to work on that. Hopefully, I mean, I don't see that that feature making it to... Horizon three. <laughs> it's gonna be it. it's gonna be more in depth where it's gonna be like a cooking mama mini game where you actually have to slice and add the ingredients yourself. <laughs> uh so um actually yeah, when you're leaving, he says he's cooking up his next portion of resistance, but I don't think anything comes of that. I don't I I don't recall anything coming of that. I talked to him a little bit later. He didn't his dialogue doesn't change, at least when I talked to him. Well, I mean, just adding extra salt to a meal was very satisfying to him. So he might be just adding random extra pinches of seasoning to uh, to meals. <laughs> Maybe. I, I don't know. Like, I'm, just, uh, yeah. I'm just waiting for like one day where you go back and everything's on fire. And it was like, it was Mildoff. Like one day he just took things too far and just <laughs> blew the place up. <laughs> yeah like i just nothing really came out of that um i mean after you leave the daunt really you don't i think you you come back once twice you do come back twice there's two things that will pull you back but not for long so which isn't too surprising because it's not like once you left the embrace you got pulled back multiple times or anything like that usually once you left the area in zero dawn like you were pretty much done with it for a little bit so but the way they said that just made it seem like something else was going to happen, which never does. So, uh, yeah. So with that, we'll move on to another side quest. This is actually another errand side quest, but the beginning of it is funny. This is Signals of the Sun. And this one starts close to Barren Light where you meet Malive. And I'm just kind of like, this is another one. I'll just, I'll just play what he says. What happened here? What do, what do you care? Don't you? As it happens? No. You know, I was already having a crappy day, and now these... These two idiots picked my shift to climb the damn mountain. Wouldn't be so bad if this one weren't so heavy. Wait, two idiots? Did I stutter? Yeah, two. I heard another one shouting up top. Sounds like they got caught between sharp claws and a sharper fall. 
someone's in trouble. Aren't you gonna do something? <laughs> Self-inflicted. And I got my hands full with this one. You're seriously not going to help. You seriously are? <sighs> yeah, so I don't know whatever is happening in Malive's life, but he has had enough of it. Uh, he has had enough of whatever is happening. You know, as he says, he's having a crappy day. And he's not even bothered by the fact that somebody died. He is upset that they decided to die on his on shift. On his shift, yeah. <laughs> Dude, sometimes you just have those shifts where, like, everything that can go wrong will go wrong. And you're like, it could have been anyone else's shift. And it's my shift. I feel it. I, I never actually had someone die on one of my shifts. But yeah. <laughs> I can understand. Yeah, so he... He was he's just not happy as he's dragging his body. Attempting yeah, I think he, to. Attempting to, yeah. And so he gives the only appropriate response to Aloy poking her nose in everyone's business. As she asks what's going on, and his response is, why do you care? <laughs> <laughs> that is the first thing he says. <laughs> nah, what's going on? Oh, I'm dragging this dead body. This guy fell from the mountain. Nothing. No. Just, why do you care? <laughs> Which is a perfect response. This is great. Uh, but he does, you know, he does give you detail. He says, you know, two idiots climbed the mountain and this one obviously fell. He knows there are two because he heard the other one shouting and he thinks they got attacked at the top of this mountain. And Aloy does hear the other person scream and ask him to leave if he's going to help. And his answer is no. Like, he's not <laughs> it's going not to. my job. <laughs> yeah, he's like, you know, you're not going to help. And I think he says something like, oh, like, it's self-inflicted. Like, you Wait, know. so the I wrote this down because I thought it was funny where Aloy said, you're seriously not going to help. And he's like, you seriously are? <laughs> 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 yeah, this is the, this is, yeah, this is the best, well, this is one of the best interactions in the game. It oh, has yeah. to be. Yeah. By far. And so Aloy does head up, you know, because now she, you know, she's poking around people's business. And Aloy gets to, as Aloy gets to the top, she can see someone sitting on top of a rock while machines are, like, kind of scanning below. And it scrounges and burrows. Not surprising. Like, I don't see any bristlebacks climbing a mountain to get up there. Even though <laughs> you, know, you never know, they could be like goats. They could be like goats. True. Uh, but after the machines are clear, Aloy meets Raina. And uh, she hired the dead guy, which I don't think we ever got his name. So he's just going to be the dead guy. But she hired the dead guy because he was supposedly an expert mountain climber and machine hunter. Uh, and then he fell off the mountain. <laughs> fighting machines. He fell off the mountain. <laughs> fighting machines. Man, wow. Now I'm embarrassed. That's like my gameplay. If you watch any of my streams, it's just me <laughs> fighting machines and then rolling off the mountains. <laughs> And so, you know, she needed his help to reach this signal tower that was toward the top of the mountain. And Raina says the signal towers are being torn down soon and she wants to take the lenses before they get destroyed. Because according to her, they're valuable. And uh, she does say that the signal towers were created to warn Karja that the Tanakt were coming. And kind of, like, I guess, as a show of intent, Avad wants to tear them down because they're not going to be necessary anymore. And Ailey asks if she's a thief. Well, they also right. got destroyed, I think. I think this Some of them. destroyed a lot of them. Yeah. So, because if you you go there, they're pretty worn down. They're in pretty bad shape. Yeah. yeah. That's true. So, well, actually, I don't know the Tanakh. The Tanakh, I don't think they really went past Baron. Past Baron, like, that's right. But also, it's been like five years. Right. So, so they haven't had upkeep at all. That is true. They also have not had upkeep. So, 
Uh, Aloy does ask if she's a thief, and she's like, no, I'm an opportunist. And that's like the same thing Vilgen said in Meridian about the Banute camp with the signal. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's like, oh, I'm an opportunist. But he kept changing it. Right. That's <laughs> He's like, I'm an investor. No, I'm an opportunist. Like, yeah. So, uh, but she also does tell you that her father was the one that designed the towers. So the lenses do have some sentimental value to her. Either way, Aloy, uh, sorry, Raina wants Aloy to help because, you know, her ankle's messed up. Um, she also admits that Aloy is way more capable of her, regardless of her ankle is messed up or not. And she promises to reward you for each lens. So if you already got some of these lenses, which you might have, which I know I did, I already had three. I had three lenses already. Yeah, I had two. Um, yeah, she will give you a reward right then and there. And honestly, it's the rewards are usually like a little bit of shards. Um, yeah, like a little bit of shards, maybe some stuff that you can sell to get more shards. Yeah, it wasn't that much. I remember being disappointed. <laughs> yeah, like it's not it's not really much. So, I mean, given the lenses, they're pretty, it's pretty much a, tra- a tra- traversal challenge. Like sometimes the challenge is figuring out how to get up to the tower in the first place. Mm-hmm. Like just how to get up to the tower in the first place. And then once you get to the tower, how do you get to the top? Most of them, you just kind of have to... F- Look look for the yellow stuff until you get to the top, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, look for the yellow handholds and, you know, things like that. I think that these are a very good collectible to put in the first area of the game because you can just see how big the world is. The last one that I went up to, I could see over Barren Light and see, like, what was going on in No Man's Land and past on the PS4. And I was like, wow, this this view is kind of crazy how far i can see right yeah yeah that is true like it does give you like it does show you how far the draw mm-hmm. distance really is so no that that is a good point because i mean when you're coming down in barren light they do give you a pretty good uh kind of visual but then also yeah there's one specific thing i'm thinking that gives you a, it's kind of like in the middle of the dawn and so you can look in either direction and you can see really 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 far so no, that's mm-hmm. a good point i mean the only time that that really does stand out to me though is the one that's near reina because you have to break walls to get inside of it and then back out the rest of them usually just climb on the outside till you get to the top yeah you know so but at the each at the top of each tower there is something that looks like a satellite dish which has the lens that you need so you just get to the top you grab the lens and uh call it a day so once you have all the lenses, you can meet Rana back in Barren Light, and she thanks you for getting all getting the lenses and gives you a reward. And like I said, most of it is it's small stuff. Like I think it's like some ingots and there's some like stuff green like shine in there. Yeah, some green shine, so nothing spectacular. And she says her father will be happy that the lenses were spared, and she says now she's gonna head back to the claim and you know she misses the the stench of soot in the air and that's it and i mean i gotta be honest with you i am not looking forward to seeing the claim for the first time i mean <laughs> they could really surprise me here but i'm just not looking forward to it <laughs> like because it seems like it's gonna be a place that's gonna be dirty and like you know uh like brown skies and things like that the daunt the Daunt is not in as bad a shape as we've seen other Osram territories because they're not chopping down all the trees. There's only one place where they, I think they're allowed to chop down trees in the Daunt. Right. I wonder if 
if we see the claim, if they would try to do something, because here's the thing. We've seen so many like deserts and and empty spaces. And for some reason, the claim in my brain is like a desert. Maybe it's because like by I don't know. Hopefully it's not. But maybe they'll do like a steampunk kind of thing to just change up the style to be like, oh, yeah, the claim is like a little bit more advanced looking because it's a whole place versus just like these small little Osram camps. Maybe I, I don't know. I don't know what they could do to make the claim like the like the the, the claim look really nice to me. Like because they anywhere they go, they're scavenging, they're scrapping, right? So they you know they probably they, there's, there's probably no trees in the claim. <laughs> you know they don't seem to be concerned about preservation. You know they're mining. Like it just seems like an industrial era nightmare. <laughs> That's what it feels like. I wonder if it's all underground. Like, I the wonder claim? if there's big holes in the ground. Not underground, but, like, I wonder if all of their territories are holes in the ground. I kind of feel like they showed a little bit of the claim in the ending for Zero Dawn when the machines were activating. I think they showed, uh, like, a little bit of the claim. Huh. Well, we'll find but out I- in four or five years. Or eight. Yeah, whenever they do it, because they, they have to let us go to the claim by the time by, by the time they finish this story, they have to let us go to the claim. Yeah, and Banner. Yeah. And Banner, yes, that is correct. Those are the two places that we know exist. We've heard a lot about, but have not gone. So, yeah, but that ends that errand, and now we're gonna do another side quest called the Twilight Path, and this is actually this is an actual side quest. Uh, so after Chainscrape reopens, you can speak with Petra again, and she will tell you about some Sunfall refugees southwest of Chainscrape. And you might have already seen them. Like, if you go past them before you talk to Petra, they'll just tell you you can't pass, like, this this place that they have, right? And uh, about a week ago, a stormbird crashed into a cliff, and Tolan Cleanbroker wanted to go to the site and take the scrap, but the refugees. They were not letting them. They barred entry to the site. And they're performing some type of ritual having to do with something called the Twilight Path. That's all Petra knows. So, um, Tolan, he, she tells you that he owns a pawn shop in Chainscrape. And he's been there since the beginning, like Alvin. So, he's actually close to Alvin. Him and Alvin are friends. Which isn't necessarily a good thing. Because Alvin is very unlikable. Which probably also means Tolan's going to be very unlikable. Uh, says he's not the type to let some refugees get in the way of his salvage. So Petra uh, says the Shadow Karja are peaceful, but they won't. That won't matter to Tolan. Like he's he's gonna go to the site and hurt him if he doesn't get what he wants. Basically, so uh, she wants Aloy to convince him to set up camp elsewhere. So uh, so I mean Petra, she called them Shadow Karja earlier, but then she tells you that they don't actually call themselves Shadow Karja. Uh, she isn't sure what they call themselves, but she says that they're just looking for a place to live and enough food to get by. And after speaking to Petra, you can speak to Toland, and he is less than impressed with Aloy, right? He is like he's he calls her the machine hunter that bailed out the Karja, as opposed to the Savior Meridian. Everybody else, you know, they call her a Savior Meridian. He's like, oh, it's the machine hunter that bailed out the Karja, you know, which. Even worse, he could have called it a savage that bailed out the Karja. Right. Yeah, he could have gone with it a lot harder insult here. Right. So 
uh, Aloy, she's like, oh, I hear you've been hassling some refugees. And he's like, that's not the case. He says that he's the one who actually shot down the Stormbird and that he just wants to go and get the salvage. And he says that the Shadow Carja that are blocking the, it's the Shadow Carja that are basically hassling him. They're blocking the way to his claim. And Aloy's like, well, she's like, I bet you'll crack some skulls to get what you want. And he says, there's not going to be any need because he thinks they'll just starve to death before he, he has to, uh, you know, lift a finger. And then he kicks Aloy out of his shop, right? Um, so he, he's kind of what we expected. But I will say, from what I am hearing so far, he is not wrong. He's technically <laughs> not wrong. Something that Petra did say, though, is whoever gets the scrap first by Osaram law, it's theirs. Right. So technically, it's not his until his hands are on it. That, I would say that is true. But I do think he has some merit in the fact that he shot he the Stormbird down. down. Yes, yeah. He, he shot a Stormbird down. We have yet to shoot a Stormbird out of the air. Like, we have <laughs> to fight one. I'm just saying, like, he shot a Stormbird down. So there is some merit there. You yeah, know? All of these bad guys are doing the right thing in the wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, like, and that's the thing, like, these, these cards or these shadow cards do not live where they're blocking. They're just blocking it. And we're going to find out why here in a minute. So, Aloy heads back up to the refugees and they're under attack by machines. There's an Asaram watchman there, but he's refusing to help. And he's like, oh man, these shadow cards are taking a beating. Like, he's commentating <laughs> it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Aloy is asking if he's going to help. And he's like, nope, it's just my job to watch Chain Scrape. He's like, I'm not doing anything. Uh, so, you know, you fight the machines. So after Aloy, she clears the machines, uh, and then she meets Lakasha, who is trying to help a fellow refugee. And Aloy can clearly see that the camp is in bad shape, but Lakasha says they've been through worse. And she's like, oh, we crossed half the sum of them with nothing more than clothes on our backs. And they're waiting for their sun priest to return them, uh, to return to them and tell them what path to take, you know. We'll get into it. I was going to say, but we'll get into it. Um, it's a bunch of mumbo jumbo. <laughs> yeah, he's been up on the mountain uh, for about three days. He went to a tower three days ago to meditate. And he's looking for a sign from the sun. And he says the fallen storm bird is an omen, is what the sun priest said. And she admits it normally doesn't take this long for him to do whatever he does. But, you know, they have faith. So they're just waiting for him to, to to get back down off the mountain or from the tower so they know which way to go. And uh, Aloy, she suggests they wait in Chain Scrape, but they won't because Savohar, who is the, the sun priest, says it's not suitable for them. Doesn't say why, just says it's not suitable for them, right? Now, we don't have a good relationship with sun priest, so anything a sun priest says is not worth much to me. <laughs> right. Well, also, I mean, they are... Shadow Karja, or at least former Shadow Shadow Karja. So uh, there's some people that don't really like them. So I can kind of understand. Like us, like <laughs> you know, Aloy. <laughs> like so, let me get into this part, and then we'll talk about it. But uh, Aloy finds out they call themselves the Order of Twilight. Uh, they fled with the Shadow Karja after the usurper. Their words, Avad killed his father. She says their lives were difficult in Shadowfall. 
Oh, they don't even, they, sorry, uh, not Sunfall and Shadowside, because that's where they were to live. Based on their clothes, they did not live in Sunfall. Yeah. Nobles lived in Sunfall. The priest lives in, lived in Sunfall. Uh, they lived in Shadowside. And she says Sabohar helped them and protected them from the corrupt priests and the heartless Kestrels. And after the Shadow Karja fell, uh, Sabohar led them west to find a better life and named them the Order of Twilight. So he's the one who actually named them that. And she asked why they didn't go back to Meridian. And she says, well, you know, Avada is a petricide and they will not kneel to him. And I'm like, yo, if you think that Avad killing Jaron is worse than what Jaron was doing, I have no sympathy for you. I have no pity for you. Right. When I was watching (laughs) my video back, I'm like, man, I don't even want to help them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like these aren't people who were taken to Sunfall as slaves. Uh, They went willingly, right? They left with the Shadow Karja. Mm-hmm. when Avad was attacking. It's like, they were like, oh, Avad's attacking. He killed his dad. Oh, what a terrible person. Let me go with these shadow, let me go with these, like, sun priests and stuff and like shadow that. The people that were, you know, for the Red Raids and stuff. For the Red Raids, for the sacrifice, you know. They had not one, but two sun rings. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Here's, here's the thing. Every path they've picked has been wrong so far, (laughs) (laughs) which is why they're having a really bad time because they keep picking the more evil of the lesser of two evils. Exactly. I mean, I got to go back to what my man Malise said, (laughs) self-inflicted. This whole thing is self-inflicted. And so, yeah, it's like, dude, I have no no pity for them. I'm like, you are making Tolan look like the person in the right here. Right. (laughs) That's what she, you're making Toland look right here. And so, you know, Aloy, she tries to warn Lakasha that Toland is coming, he's going to come back and, you know, he's going to be violent. And Lakasha doesn't care. She says they have to wait for his Sabahar and will not let his meditation be disturbed. So uh, it's not even like they found a place to camp and they need to be there. They need to be there. Like, you know, there's maybe food, there's some shelter, there's something that you need to be there. They're just there because their dude is at the tower meditating and they refuse to let him be disturbed. Like, okay, you're not winning me over here. Yeah, exactly. Also, I noticed Savahar is super close to savior and I don't know if that's intentional, (laughs) but yeah, I just thought I'd point that out. That is true. That is true. I didn't think about that. So, uh, so Aloy, you know, she presses further than a bad situation need to move. And then that's when Lakasha pulls her aside and admits that this is the worst they've endured. And she says without Savahar, she doesn't know what they'll do. And Aloy convinces her to let her up the trail to check on him because he's been up there for a few days. And so as Aloy, she climbs the trail, you can clearly see the trail is in bad shape, right? Even for Aloy, this is, this is a challenging trail for Aloy and she's in better shape than a sun priest at any age. True. And, yeah. So, and eventually she finds blood on the trail. I'm like, oh, that's not good. And there's also machines on the trail. So this guy had to sneak by some machines as well. But eventually she does find Savahar and he is in bad shape. He's old too, by the way. So he, he is not in great shape here. He's mumbling some prayer. Aloy gives him water. And then he spits it out, and I'm like, I kind of wanted to smack him. Like, yo, you think water, you you can't just get water out of a faucet around here? <laughs> you know? Like, I'm like, dude, like, you're not helping. 
And he's like, oh, the vessel must be empty to receive the vision. I'm like, oh, boy. Uh, so, you know, Aloy asks about the blood and he says, oh, the pain is is all part of the ritual. And Aloy is like, I think you punctured a lung. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I think you, you know, should be more concerned about your injury than <laughs> <laughs> the ritual. Right. Yeah. So because he's having a hard time kind of speaking, too. Uh, and Aloy tells him that the things things are going bad and they need to move on. and staring at the storm bird won't help anymore and he's just like well you don't understand the omen and he says this is what he says about the storm bird he says the fallen machine means the storm has passed and the salvation is at hand that's why they stopped to go to that tower so if toland would have waited maybe like you know like if, if the storm bird just didn't pass that day and he didn't right. shoot it down that day maybe the next day or the day before, they probably wouldn't have been in a position to do this. Or who knows where they would have been in 15 minutes. Another argument where like a 15 minutes could have made the difference. (laughs) (laughs) That is, that is very true. So like, they're like, oh, the storm bird just fell. Like, well, it didn't just fall off the sky for no reason. Somebody shot it down. (laughs) And now the guy who shot it down wants to come and get it. You know, like, no, like, dude, like, yeah, so... Yeah, that that's why they decided he decided to go and pray at the uh you know, at the Stormbird. <laughs> or ask the sun for guidance at the Stormbird, because that's where the omen is. So uh but Aloy tries to explain that the order is scared and you know they're attacked by machines, this angry Osram they gotta deal with. And he's just like, Well, the last rays of the event tide will burn away their fear. He doesn't say it like that. He says it in a way of a man that's almost dying in a punctured lung. So right. it's not as healthy as I sound right now. <laughs> and he says the sun will provide and he will not lose faith. So it's, it's, Aloy's talking to a brick wall here. Uh, she eventually gives up on talking and goes over to Stormbird to grab the heart because Petra mentioned earlier that the Stormbird heart is worth a lot. Um, I just have to say, it doesn't feel like it's worth that much when I have one and I'm trying to sell it. <laughs> Like, <laughs> I was gonna know. ask actually. I've never looked. How much are they? I don't know. I would have to look, but she Aloy was saying that with this Stormbird heart, they could feed all of the people down there and give them new clothes if they wanted to. Not even that. She's like they could buy new land and blah blah blah. Like I remember saying that too. Like, where is it really worth that much? Because I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> you know, I mean maybe it's worth less when I bring them three in a row. <laughs> you know, you're messing up the market yeah exactly we're saturating the market with stormbirds hearts good job uh but you know there's also a signal lens over there we, you know so grab that too if you haven't played that part yet <laughs> but yeah, there's also a signal lens over there i was pretty mad because the first time i came across the the camp was before the quest and i was like i just want to i just can i can i get up there in any way you can't. <laughs> so i can get the lens right yeah, yeah you can't i tried you can't right yeah so um once uh aloy has the lens and she has the storm bird heart she goes back over the savahar but he's died which i'm like good <laughs> um <laughs> you know and aloy gets back down to the camp where toll and it, and toll and his people are there at this point and um you know, when Aloy shows up, because he was already, actually, he was already talking to Akasha, right? And he's giving her one more chance to get out of his way. Matter of fact, they don't even have to leave. He just wants them to move out the way. That's it. 
Yeah. Reasonable. He has been reasonable at this point. He may be a jerk. He may run scams. He may be friends with Olvent. But he has, up until this point, he has done absolutely nothing wrong that I can condemn him for, right? So when Aloy shows up, he says he doesn't care who stands in his way. He's going to get the salvage, right? Okay, so this is, this is, this is the part where he's the first point he's being confrontational. There is a flashpoint. Uh, the first one, well, actually, which one did you pick? I actually went out of the norm and picked the tough answer. Saying you'll have to go through me. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, uh, he said, you know, she'll say, um, you know, you know who I am. Do you think a single Osram could take me down? And he's like, well, I have four guys, but then all of them kind of back off. They're like, they start talking under their breath, like, oh, I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> you know, they just so like start turning away, like, I don't know him. Like, it was <laughs> really funny. So they're clearly scared of the savior of Meridian. And so he's like, you know what? Whatever. You can have the salvage. I give up. Whatever. It's not worth it. Uh, if you do tough break, which is the the compassionate answer, you know, Aloy says, okay, he, sl- he clipped the storm bird, but it's brought him nothing but trouble. You know, it's brought him the refugees. It's brought him her. And she says it's time to cut his losses. And then one of his men is like, yeah, it's not worth it, boss. And he's like, okay, fine. Whatever. I'm done with it. That's That's what he says. Uh, actually, it's the same exact response to to be honest. Like where he says, "You can have it," you know, something like that. Actually, all three have the same end, end. response. Huh. And so the intelligent answer is finders keepers. And sh- this is when Aloy says, "You know, the law says whoever gets to salvage first gets to keep it, right?" And then she's like, "I have the heart, so that would be me." And that he's actually that he, this is the, the angriest you'll see him. He is like, "You took the heart," and he just like, "I shot it down." And you took the heart. And she's like, well, I'm still right, though, right? I got to the salvage first, so it's mine. And one of his men is like, yeah, that's right. And then he backs <laughs> off. So, but he has every right to be super mad about it. I agree. Like, he has he, every yeah, right. he did back off really fast. Though, to be fair, I guess he didn't really need the money. He is already running his pawn shop and schemes and stuff. So, you know, the rich get richer. I, it, it, do- yeah. it doesn't matter to me. It's like he did it. But like, you know how he probably got his money by like, you know, doing stuff like this by shooting down. Because that, that, I mean, that's that's difficult prey to take down. Stormbirds, yeah. you know what I'm saying? They took down the Stormbird. I mean, I'm not saying all of his money is legit, but this was a legit transaction. Yeah. This was, you know, this this is what it was. I feel like he did cross the line, though, when he called, like, called Aloy a Nora Savage and said Shadow Carja flea bags. I was like, all right, okay. <laughs> Enough with the insults. Yeah, I mean, yeah, th- that's fine. I mean, I still think he still has, like, he's, you know, if there yeah. was a court of law there, well, I guess the law would be on Aloy's side for this reason. Like, you know, she got to the, the salvage first, but he, I think he has every right to be upset. I blame the order of Twilight here more than I blame him, <laughs> <laughs> to be perfectly honest with you. Dude, like, they're I, pathing, man. It's just bad paths every time. It's like <laughs> when you play D&D and every time you have to pick a path, you roll a one. Yeah. that's what they did they rolled they a one on, ones yeah they're just rolling path. ones for every path they're taking yeah i mean i don't know like they they the game i think definitely wants you to feel sorry for them but they don't give me a reason to be sorry for them they really don't especially when we just spent the bulk of the last game hunting down and killing shadow Carter. now they'd have a way to make us feel um 
you know, a bit sorry for them if they were slaves or taken by the shadow cards or something like that. Maybe they could have said, we followed this priest because he protected us. You know, we were taken as slaves or whatever to Sunfall or Shadow Side, but this priest, he protected us, and that's why we still follow him. But no, they called the Vada Petrocide. I mean, meaning they were okay with the sacrifices. But killing Jaron? No, you can't kill the 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 thirteenth Illuminance or whatever the, whatever order of king he was, you know. Yeah, I thought that they were going to say that they followed because maybe their friends and family were following, and they couldn't go back to Meridian because even though they say they'll accept them back, like they're not really that accepting. Like that's what I thought. Like they didn't feel comfortable there or something. Like that's what I thought was going to happen. <laughs> that's not what happened. No, exactly. So I really. I, I don't, I, I have no sympathy for this group. You just caused a bunch of trouble for no reason. Yeah, they were kind of annoying. I felt bad for like a second because like they, they went through a lot. But again, it's a lot of it is to their own doing. Yeah, your son priest read an omen after, uh, you know, a- after he saw a, a Stormberg get shot down by an Azeroth. You know, you know <laughs> that, that meme of that kid riding a bike and then they stick the stick yeah. in the front <laughs> wheel of the tire. bike and, yeah yeah that's that's exactly their whole story oh man so uh but yeah Aloy gives Lakasha the the stormbird heart and you know she tells her hey your dude is dead and now you need to be the leader and she says they should go to Chainscrape and talk to Petra and that Petra will help them until they get back on their feet that's what she said so Actually, she tells her to give Petra the heart, and her heart said Petra will take care of her. So, I mean, I, I guess so. I, 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 this, you know, this also probably could have been resolved by giving Tolan the heart and telling him just to wait for a little bit, right? You know, or she could have, she could have easily diffused it because she could have given Tolan the heart and then been like, "Hey, your dude's dead. You need to go." <laughs> that, that's, if I had that option. That's what I would have done. And, like, they probably still could have... Because they go to Chainscrape after. You can see them. I talk to them again, and they're like, yeah, we're doing fine. Like, it's whatever. But they go to Chainscrape after. I'm pretty sure if you sent them towards Petra's way, she would have still tried to take care of them. Uh, True. Yeah, because she was already worried about them. So I would yeah. agree with you. She was already worried about them. Uh, So that was is probably true. But yeah, I don't know. I I did too much for them, personally. <laughs> I'm only doing this because I need to do the side quest. Right. <laughs> you know, so. Uh, but yeah, so that is the last side quest we're going to cover on this episode. Next uh, episode, we're going to continue covering some additional side quests in the Daunt. One of the reasons why we waited so long uh, to do the side quest in the Daunt is because one of the side quests spills out of the daunt you can't do it and you can't complete the whole thing until after you do the embassy so that the embassy is done we're going to talk about that whole thing we're going to get to the bottom of the bristlebacks and a couple of other side quests and then after that we'll be headed into no man's land to see if we can find hades and silence so uh yeah with that i'd like to thank everybody for listening uh if you want to keep up what's going on with this show and the rest of the match buttons network you can Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash the mash network. Christina, where can they find you? You can find me at s'mores pop tart on Twitter and Twitch. 
I'm also the host of a Final Fantasy 14 podcast called Wondrous Tales. Uh, it's every other Wednesday, and we just talk about Final Fantasy things, live letters, and storyline. All right. You can follow me on Twitter at Josh Stradamus. And sometimes I do stream on our Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash mash those buttons. And uh, like I mentioned earlier, we love to hear your comments and questions about the show and about the game. So please join us on our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord, where we do have channels dedicated to Horizon Zero Dawn and Forbidden West. Uh, we do have a spoiler channel, too. So just in case you're not that far ahead, we try not to drop spoilers into the regular channel. And uh, yeah, if you want to reach out to us with comments and questions, just do so on Discord or on Twitter, or you can also just email us at contact.mash.gg. If you want to help us out, one of the best ways to do that is to share the show with others and to rate and review the show on your favorite podcast platform of choice. And if you want to take your support a bit further, you can do so at mtb.gg slash support. We can see all the different ways to support Mash those buttons. Uh, we do have a Patreon where you can uh, support us, you know, starting at $2 a month on general support or more. Uh, we do have a Teespring store at merch.mash.gg. Uh, we have Twitch subscriptions, like I mentioned earlier, at switch.tv slash mash those buttons. We also have Humble Bundle affiliate links to buy games. Uh, that would help us out. And those links just, uh, when you buy a game on Humble Bundle store, it just gives you a key for a Steam Epic Game Store. You play something like that or, you know, whatever you like to use. And then we also have a one-time PayPal donation link if you just want to you know, drop a couple dollars one time. So I encourage you guys to stay tuned after the show to hear more about Mashable's Buttons. And with that, we are done for this evening. Thank you guys very much. See you next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out mashthosebuttons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash mashthosebuttons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at twitter.com slash the Mash Network, facebook.com slash mash those buttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord. 